Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. This week, it is Moulin Rouge. We are going to France, I presume, uh, to watch uh, Moulin Rouge because it's turning 20 years old. Mercy. Uh, joining me, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film. It's Patrick Downs. Ah, bonsoir, Stephen. Ah, bonsoir. Uh, <laughs> uh, comment ça va? Yep. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Patrick, uh, on the couch and fresh yeah. off the stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a big day. Yeah, you were performing yeah. in a matinee of Arcadia today. I was. Uh, how I was, was it? It went really well. It went really well. Beautiful. Yeah. Tickets still available? There are plenty of tickets still available. I don't know when this comes out. This comes out in three days. <laughs> oh, then yeah, get on it. Arcadia at Harbour Theatre in WA Perth. Do it. Excellent. From information, <laughs> Google all those words. Um, so, Pat, you have not seen Moulin Rouge. I have not seen Moulin Rouge. So what do you know about this film? I know there's a bit of dancing, a bit of singing, a bit of French stuff going on, mm-hmm. a bit of voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Cool. Oh, I don't know Nicole Kidman and Ewan, Ewan McGregor in it. Ah, yes, that's right. Yeah. And that, and that's, and that is it. That, that is, is it. it. That that's is my. That is the extent of my knowledge of Moulin Rouge. That's about as much as I know because I also haven't seen Moulin what? Rouge. Yeah, <gasps> I know. You didn't tell me that. I know the big twist. Oh my God. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. It, but it looks fun, doesn't it? Ah, oh, it looks fun. Yeah, it's a Baz Luhrmann. Have you watched other Baz Luhrmann films? I have seen quite a, uh, most of his films. Yeah, mm. at least I think so. Um. I'm not sure if his entire repertoire, but I've definitely... Uh, so, uh, Romeo plus Juliet. I have seen that one. Okay. I've seen uh, Strictly Ballroom. Strictly Ballroom, And yeah. I've seen Australia. Yep. Well, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think Australia is a pretty good movie until they get to Darwin. And then, like, mm. the war happens. And then it's like, oh, this is... Yeah, it's still still going, huh? Yeah, they're like, <laughs> look, if these people are at a bad time, you're gonna have a bad time yeah. too. In the yeah, 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 that's fair. So, okay, but generally a fan of Baz. I quite like him. Yeah, I think he's a. I think he's a yeah. You know, I'm gonna go on record and say I think he's a, a pretty okay filmmaker. Controversial opinions on. <laughs> okay. Super catch up club. There you go. We well, can have that one for free, Baz. Pretty okay filmmaker. <laughs> Uh, well, luckily, we have someone who has seen the film who is joining us, and it is Anna Weir. Hello! Fresh from a crossword, I understand, not, yes. not from the stage. I'm both cool and interesting and do crosswords on Sundays. Yes, with your mother. With my mother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's lovely, though. Yeah. What was the best word that you uh, crossed today? Um, oh, see, now you've put me on the spot, and I suddenly can't remember a single word. Mm. Um, I got in. Oh, my best one was the clue was hamper, and the answer was impede. Ah, and I got that. So I was quite proud very of myself. Good. Yes, thank you. Excellent. Moulin Rouge. Yes. Um, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can Patrick and I expect from this film? Um, oh, God. So it's the classic story of a boy who grows up in a weirdly religious household that we sort of never touch on. Um, and he thinks there's more to life and it's about truth, beauty, art and... I think there's a fourth thing that I can't remember. And so he goes to France or Paris at the turn of the century and goes to the Moulin Rouge and sees the most beautiful woman he's ever seen in his life and falls in love. And the story sort of unfolds from there. Excellent. Yes. Cool. As I understand it, uh, the four things from uh, are uh, truth, beauty, love and uh, little Kim from the Italian Lady Marmalade. She's there also. It's important that she's there. Yeah. 
Excellent. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch Moulin Rouge? Yes, please. Let's do it. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and gitchy gitchy ya ya da da! Gitchy gitchy ya ya here! Mocha chocolata ya ya! Creole Lady Marmalade as we watch oh, Moulin Rouge. Everyone at home, he's reading that off his phone. I don't want to watch the movie anymore. <laughs> Oh, I could perform bits of it, probably. But it would have to be like a spoken word poem. Hey, sister, no, soul stop. sister. Do it like a Shatner kind yeah. of bit. Oh, yeah, okay. Hey, sister, soul sister. God. Better get that dough, sister. We drink wine with diamonds in the glass. Because this the meaning of expensive taste. Gitchy, gitchy. Yeah, yeah. Moco. Chocolata Creole. Oh, for God's sake, stop. Lady Marmalade. This is all going in the episode. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Cue piano music now. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Moulin Rouge. And by we, I, of course, mean Anna Weir. Hello. And Arcadia's own Patrick Downs. <laughs> Hello. Patrick, that was your first time watching Moulin Rouge. That it was. What do you think? Yeah, look. Um, I've, I've, I was having a think. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a little post-movie toilet break. And mm-hmm. I was having a think. And I'm like, how am I going to talk about this movie? Mm. Because unlike a lot of things we do... It just didn't, I didn't have a, a particularly strong reaction to it one way or another. Okay. Okay. It didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. Didn't love it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to think about this as if, in a, like an actual kind of, re- if I was a real review, reviewer. Okay. Talking mm-hmm. about a movie. Okay. So with that, I like, in that case, I think a lot of it is really, really good. Like it's obviously visually stunning. Performances are really fun. Mm. But I also found it really tough to follow. I think the story itself is fairly simple, but I think, and I said it while we were watching it, the visual storytelling, mm. I found quite difficult to keep track of mm. at times. Yeah. That threw me a little bit. Yeah. Anna, when did you last watch this film? Oh God, not for years. Like mm. at least sort of five or six years, I mm. would say. And how was it dipping back in? I love this film. I've always loved this film. Mm. I will never not love this film. Yeah. I, I got that impression, <laughs> judging by how you said I love this film. At yeah, I love points. this film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as a first-time viewer, I'm gonna say that I don't like this film. But I will add the very important caveat. It's interesting how you're wrong. Yeah. Well, hmm. I'll add the very important caveat though that I think it's a good film. Okay, there we go. That's yeah. fine. I yeah, it's it's, I, and I quite like a lot of Baz Luhrmann films, but. To be honest, the only one I haven't really liked was Australia. And even then, that's not a bad film. It's just sort of... You just didn't like it. Yeah, it's just sort of in in the middle. And I really liked very specific aspects of this film. But as an overall piece, I found it... um, A bit much? A little bit, but I, I also get that that's what they were going for. You know, this is the Moulin Rouge. This is this thing which is meant to be like the, the height of decadence and excitement in this time period. And I thought that the way that they chose to tell that was really effective um, because I just didn't want to be there. I'm not... <laughs> I, I, that's... Like, they, they nailed that aspect. Oh, God. 
I, I'm a fundamentally boring person sometimes, oh, and like the, the idea of being at the Moulin Rouge is awful to you. Is, yeah, no, no, yeah. thank you. Um, and but but I love the way that it was presented. I I do think that the, you know tremendous props have been given in the past, and I think should be continued to be given for the way that this film is designed. Um, and I, I want to focus on the things I really like first, and let's start with the costumes Ugh. because. Ugh. They're superb. I, I, Fantastic. I, I just, I love them. I really, honestly, just any time there was a new Nicole Kidman costume, it was like, yep, that's another pretty dress. Well done. But, but, but the, the choices that they made for when they were switching between the, the sort of semi-storybook France that they were presenting and then the hyper, hyper... Mm, there's um, a real marked real, difference between the two. Yeah, the stage reality. Yeah. It's really incredible how they've. I think they've they've achieved that through costume. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's great. Um, is there a, as as someone who works in costumes? Anna, yes. Is is there a particular aspect of those costumes that made you go, ooh, or like the thing that draws you in the most? I mean, I think the the red dress that she wears when she's on her initial assignation off to seduce the duke and then later wears again is just. I mean, it's a. It's phenomenally made. Mm. You can you can see even the amount of panels in the front, the way that it's cut. It's just beautiful. Mm. But what I really liked this time, actually, that I sort of hadn't ever noticed before, was when the theatre performers, so the Moulin Rouge performers, are sort of just hanging around, waiting for things to happen, or mm. backstage, or doing rehearsals. They're all just sort of like half dressed or in their, you know, corsets and pantaloons or they're just wearing, you know, mm. trousers with braces. And as someone who has worked in theatre quite a lot, you're like, Yeah, that's actually very accurate. Yeah. You're always sort of half dressed or just wearing like one tiny bit of your costume. So you've got like your normal clothes but your fancy hat that you wear. Yeah. So it's quite nice to see and that's something that mm. just adds that extra bit of... You're like, oh, someone's really thought about this. Mm. Someone knows what they're doing. They've come from a theatrical background and they know how it is. Mm. Pat, you mm. literally came here from a theatre. <laughs> yeah. I, I presume that's re relatively accurate. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't want to get bogged down in the production I'm doing right now. But so yeah. tell us about Arcadia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, a big part of it takes place in, in 1809. And yeah. so the costumes are, are very detailed. Um and yeah, there are big parts, but where we're just kind of sitting around, especially, you know, before the show, you mm -hmm. get there early, you get into your base costume and then you just, you just kind of like, wait. I've still got to put my jacket on, but I don't really want to. I'm, still, I'm, going, to be, I'm going to be on stage for another hour, so yeah. I'll just mm -hmm. hang around and just, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, mm. it's very, very true to life. Mm. So yes, that's, yeah, it's like, that is a something that I, I also admired as well. Mm. I think someone, I can't remember if it was you, Anna, or maybe it was Ellen, said that like when in a similar vein like you see people kind of doing backstage work as well oh yeah you, know, mm. you see crew doing their work doing their thing mm. and i like that too it's just, again it's a similar kind yeah. of like and as someone it, who is it, always crew you're kind of like oh yeah. hey I'm, I'm in this film yeah exactly mm. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's like so people, it's a real, it's a little nod it's a little thing people who who do spend mm. time in the theater kind of go yeah oh yeah that, that is that is real that yeah. felt felt lived in yeah yeah that's and felt the, authentic yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. And the transformation of the moulin rouge from the bawdy vaudeville um hellscape to <laughs> the hey 
to, sorry, <laughs> I'm putting my own prejudice on it, but from that sort of bawdy, chaotic environment to mm. being um, to, to being like the grand theatres of that time period. And I, I really love the way that the theatre in its state of semi-construction was when they were rehearsing and yes. like Jim Broadbent's walking over lots of white sheets just laid all over the place to stop, yeah. sh- stop shoes. Because we've things. all been on a set that's half built. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, whoop. Yeah. Watch my feet, but keep reading my lines. Yeah, and it's yeah. So I really like the way that the environs were mm. were used to to tell the story. Um, like I love Richard Roxburgh's weird funky tower castle with the oh, super long tables. So good. Why yeah. is it there? It doesn't matter. It just is. Yeah, and so yeah, I, I kind of feel like it does a really good job of telling the story through those aspects and through. Even through things like the editing, which is extremely fast-paced. Very um, choppy. Very, and very choppy. And it's just so dissonant at times that it, it isn't possible to catch everything on a first viewing. And I, no. I, yeah, I, I'd I, say that's fair. That's yeah. fair. And I get why, and I absolutely understand why that's not an attraction um, for yourself, Patrick. And for me as well, I found it a little difficult to follow along with what I'm used to from visual storytelling yeah. conventions, where it was like... Oh, this person's legs are in the air. But by the time I've registered that thought, we've had three shots since yeah. then. And they're all telling different things. And I think it's a really great way to show the chaos and the energy of the Moulin Rouge. Yeah, but it's I obviously d- deliberate. Oh, yeah. It's not bad filmmaking. No, it's not it sloppy isn't. filmmaking. It's just... Yeah. Um, it can just make it difficult to... Yeah, follow yeah, along. yeah. And I think it carries on a bit too far into the film. Like the film's editing pace does slow down as the film goes mm. and we get to more of the, the story, but it's but not until I, about halfway really. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> it, it does feel like it, it sort of stuck around for quite a while. And I could see why people who, who really don't like this film <laughs> um, that, that I've heard about beforehand go, Oh, it's just unwatchable. I can't, I can't, keep up, I can't do this. Like, like I, I get that, the, yeah. that that is, um, that that is off-putting. I don't uh, agree with that. I don't think it's unwatchable. No. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's very watchable movie. Mm. It's very yeah. enjoyable. It's easy to sit back and kind of let it wash over you. Yeah. But, but to follow, mm. it can be tough. I think you have to be a willing participant, though, yeah. for it oh, to happen. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, I've, I was finding myself, after about 10 minutes, going, I need to change how I'm watching films. To, or like, how I understand how I watch films to, to follow this along. Mm. Yeah. Might have similar thought. Yeah. yeah. And I... I don't know if I managed to pull it off. But yeah, <laughs> I, had, I at least thought about it. Yeah, I, I enjoy. So no, I, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it to an extent. See, as like a, I don't know how old I was when I first saw it, but like a fourteen, fifteen-year-old girl seeing this mm. film for the first time, I was like, I am along for this ride. Yeah, this I is mean, the best ride I've ever been on. It's it, and it's very exciting. And I watched it a lot. Yeah, and I, I can certainly imagine that, like as a teenager, if I'd watched this film when it, oh my god, when yes. it came out, I would have probably been more receptive to it i guess i was perhaps. like no this is what love is like oh is it oh end of story it was mm. this and wuthering heights i was like yeah that's love that's sorted yeah know all about it well we've brought up the l word <laughs> so yeah, yeah. let's talk about love <laughs> uh, specifically the uh, love story of this narrative between uh christian and satine yes neither uh, of whom have last names doesn't matter nah, it's fine <laughs> um yeah so so christian he's a he's a little london boy who's turned up in paris because he wants to find out about love that's a little just london how he boy sounds. who is really struggling to keep that scottish accent <laughs> you should have just let him be scottish it's sexier <laughs> yeah yeah true there but, was the odd word where it's like oh there it is yeah oh, there it is but he um he, he comes to to paris to live the bohemian lifestyle 
um, very much the hippies of the 1800s. Yes. And um, yeah, he, he falls in. Well, I was about to say he falls in. Oh. Technically, they fall in. He falls in <laughs> nice. with a, with an acting troupe um, who, ah, oh, we, we're going to present... We're going to pitch this this yeah. show to, to the Moulin Rouge, but it's all over the place. And he just happens to invent the sound of music yes, as a concept. And <laughs> that, that sort of is the catalyst for him getting thrown into this world of the Moulin Rouge. Now, the use of songs is yes. a big part of this film, particularly obviously using songs from the now um, or more specifically like the at what was at that time the last 30 years of music so like lots of stuff from the 60s through to the 90s but obviously in a setting that is um very discordant because obviously it's set in 1899 and 1900 before any of these songs existed as a first time viewer mm. patrick yeah. how did you find the use of music so once i realized that's what was going on i that's one thing that i was really into oh. i i I'm, I'm all about anachronism in film i'm mm. um, big fan of it especially with music mm. so yeah i was um i don't know i liked it i thought mm. it was very cool um i do like the way lerman uses contemporary music and pop music in his movies mm. i think that's really clever and i think yeah this movie just is kind of the it kind of the, the apotheosis it. of that yeah. like it's sort of the yeah here it is like mm. yeah yeah um i i liked it i felt at times it was done a it was laid on a little bit thick, but as we've said many times throughout this film, Baz Luhrmann does not know what subtlety is, and that's okay. Or he just doesn't care what subtlety well, yeah. is. It's not no. yeah. for him. Yeah, he's going absolutely all in, balls to the wall. Right, we're going to talk about love. Here's every single song <laughs> that's got love in the title. Here yeah, we go. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think it works particularly for that idea of love, which Christian is obsessed with despite not understanding what it is at the start of the film. Mm. Um, because love is all of those those love songs, and he's sort of like stealing from the future, the 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 music that inspires the the generations that of, that of will the last be watching fifty it. years, yeah, and and the generation that would be watching exactly. And I, I I do feel as though that was used quite well, if if just a little bit too much <laughs> at times, just just one or two less, I'd have been yeah. okay with. Um, but yeah, it's it's a love story. He turns up and he he meets Satine, played by Nicole Kidman, and her many many incredible dresses. Yes, um, and the, the plot itself is it, it it's not simple, but it, it there's there's not a massive amount to it. It, it they set up the pieces. Well, it's not War and Peace. No, on. but they they, they set up <laughs> but the it's pieces. It's not trying to be. No, <laughs> and I'm like I think this is actually probably a, a good choice. Yes, that they set up these pieces and go. We've got a real love triangle here um, between um, Christian and Satine and the Duke, but riding on that love triangle is the fate of the Moulin Rouge itself and playing around with the whole, the play reflecting the real world situation and, and all of that all of that sort of... Well, it's um, pretty high messaging. stakes. It's pretty high it's stakes. Pretty high stakes. Yeah. 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 And it's it's reasonably well done. I just don't like this film. I'm sorry. I'm trying really hard. See, really, you know what's really, really funny? Yeah. You know what's, what's happening right now? Is like, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, maybe I did like this movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yes. I did like this. Come yeah. to my side. Yeah. The See, good side. It's like, yeah, the music was cool and it yeah. was fun to watch. But that's and just like, it. The acting was fun and I kind of got into the story. Yeah. That's what's, what else do you need from a film? 
Oh. The music was good. It was yeah. fun to watch. You enjoyed it. The, like, what else do you need? Probably nothing. Exactly. I just, yeah, yeah I, I think it is just that it is such a unique film. Yeah. It's really hard to process as a first-time viewer. It's a lot. It is a there's lot. There's a lot going on. And there's not a there's lot a of lot films. There's a lot of legs in the air. Yeah, there's, 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 <laughs> true. There's not a lot of films where... That might have been part of it as well. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, that's why I watch this film. <laughs> sure, a lot of tight dresses, I don't know. <laughs> It did help, but <laughs> but yeah, there aren't a lot of films where where I I particularly feel challenged in this way. Yeah, and I think it's just going to take longer than this immediate reaction of like the, <laughs> That's okay. the hour after the film, because I'm, I'm because I, I I'm sitting there going, but I don't know if I necessarily had a a great time with it. But then I remember things like. Just anything that Jim Broadbent did. Yeah, and <laughs> he was amazing. He, he is amazing. He's he's really good in this. Um, and it just just does the Jim Broadbent thing, which is ninety percent. Oh, I'm the happy guy doing my thing, and, and then, then I have one sinister scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one sinister which scene, which he did very well. One serious scene. Yeah, and then back to Jim Broadbent. <laughs> Way. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know. You're really struggling. I'm, my word. I'm just very conflicted. Because Richard Roxburgh's great. Yes. Richard yeah. Roxburgh's fantastic. It's it's a brilliant, snidey villain. Yeah, he's very good. Um, let's talk about him while I okay, have more thoughts. Right, okay, let's talk about Richard Roxburgh. Yeah. Um, he, he, the, we commented on it while we were um, watching as well. Early noughties Richard Roxburgh. Sexy. Sexy, yes. Very sexy. All but, Richard Roxburgh, sexy. Well, true, yeah. But but him him in his... And his turn as villains as well. Yeah, this was the, like his villain period. Yeah, the, the Van Helsing. Um, Which I just looked at, it came out three years later. Yeah. Ah, so he was so, like, I know how to do this. Yeah, I wonder if like that that song mm. where he was being all... Yeah, they saw it. Kind and of like, oh, Nosferatu okay. style vampire. Yeah. yeah. They were like, hey, mm. we've got a shitty vampire movie <laughs> we, we can make. Yeah, but this vampire movie is camp. Yeah. We need you. Yeah, we need yeah. you, Dickie Roxburgh. But I, I, what I really liked about what he he brought to the role of of the Duke in this is he played that pantomimic villain. The I'd say almost like the perfect amount of over yeah. the top yeah. because you have to you have to push it a bit where you go okay that's a bit much but but then there are moments yeah. where you're like oh he's actually really sinister yeah like where Satine. They have like a fancy dinner where she's definitely going to sleep with him and he gives her a giant diamond necklace. Yeah. And then she says no because she sees Christian down in the courtyard and it takes a really serious turn. Yeah, yeah. it gets... I forgot quite how assaulty it got. Yeah, it gets dark. And I think, yeah. again, that's where the, the, the fast editing and the, 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 the everything that is very Baz Luhrmann-y yeah. comes into effect because it really depicts the tension and horror of you know, this sexual assault that yeah. is about to take place. But it also, because the shots are so quick, there's no lingering, there's no, no. like, oh, now we get to watch her being assaulted. Just like, oh my God, it's happening. Ooh. Oh God, yeah. oh, it's and all it, happening. It doesn't feel like it trivializes it either. No, she's clearly devastated and yeah. other people take it seriously. Yeah, and yeah. then it does that thing which I think good films do, point in favour of this film, yeah. where they have the, the save of it not happening. Where where mm. where um the the stagehand who gets two two words in this film that I, I, I understand, understand. Yeah. um comes in and just decks him in the side of the yeah. head um but I I thought that was a really great 
way to depict that and i think it was a really good way of using the the combination yeah, of and like it's the a music nice way as an aside to just show that you know yes satina's the star of the show and all the men in paris want to have sex with her but you know the people she works with are her friends and they they care about mm. her and they mm. you know he doesn't the stagehand who knocks out richard roxborough mm. no one tells him to go up there and look no. after her. he just thinks you know i should i should go and see actually and he doesn't she... become another point in this romance parallelogram no, he or just, something no, he he's just yeah decks the duke and then is like well that's what a good friend does yeah bye now i think maybe my my issue as i as i delve through what what i think it is is i think that this film focuses on the wrong character i think christian possibly is, possibly is is the wrong person to be the protagonist in this film I'm not sure who it is. I'm leaning maybe more towards Satine. It's definitely Satine. But yeah, yeah I, I sort of feel as though that focusing, because this story is told from Christian's perspective, and I get it because he's the outsider in this world. Mm. We're outsiders as an audience. We have to get introduced, yada, yada, yada. As Lemon's a man, Christian's a man, yada, yada. Yeah, you and McGregor, we all love him. We like, do. Yeah, so, so like, I get why we're following him. Mm. But he's not a good person um and Which i i will say yeah. as a 14 year old girl watching that i did not pick up that he wasn't a good guy yeah just completely missed that bit and watching it again yeah. now mm. literally 14 years later i'm mm. like oh actually he does do some very bad things because the, like he and the duke aren't the same fundamentally like the duke is no. shown through through his actions throughout the film to be much worse than christian mm. but a lot of the time they're basically framed as oh well one of them has money and one of them doesn't and it does feel as though they are more similar than I think is necessarily than I'm necessarily comfortable with for mm. my for my pr- yeah. protagonist in a romance story. Well, they're both extremely possessive of yeah. Satine. Like yeah. they see her as a, even though like Chris he, he loves her as mm. for, for her. Yeah. But he also but part wants of her f- for himself yeah, as well. Like, like you met her when she was being a courtesan. Mm. Yeah. You know this about her. And yet when she needs to do her job, you completely lose your mind. Yeah. To save a lot of other people's yeah, jobs Yeah, to as save well, the company, like, to yeah. save... Yeah, and, and, and the fact is, he even admits at the start of the film, I don't know what love is. And yeah. even though he learns that for the course of this film, we're meant to be on the same... We're meant to have the same viewpoint of him of what mm. love is. This poetic, I feel, flowery. I feel sorry for whoever his next girlfriend is. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, oh, she what is an introduction never to. Never gonna live oh, up to that. Oh man, imagine if like, that was so your first this, relationship. I wrote this book. You should read it. Yeah. It's about love. It's it's gonna not oh. go. Well. Do you have consumption? Just a quick question. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Just, I've got to know this first. Well, can you cop into the tanky for me real quick? Yeah. Oh, God. yeah, and. That was another thing that slightly annoyed me was was every time anything remotely plot related need to happen, Satine would just cough up more blood. But <laughs> I get it. Like it's it's fine. But yeah well, like we said, same thing happened in Red Dead Redemption. It did, yeah. <laughs> but this was twenty years ago, so this was like I know it's a trope now, but it yeah. was much less of a trope. Also said in eighteen ninety nine. Yeah. Sorry, we did yeah, we did make the connection that Red Dead Redemption two and Moulin Rouge might be the same yeah. shared universe. Yeah. <laughs> and again, <laughs> Just, just the thought that that film would have ended very differently had Arthur Morgan been anywhere near that gun. 
Just can we just put a pin in the idea, Steve, that we just do an episode on Red Dead Redemption? Too, yeah, sure. We just talk yes, about when it I'm not a... here, <laughs> we'll play it. We'll turn up. Well, I, th- I think we could reenact. Um... Okay, no, I'm super excited about okay. this. Okay, <laughs> it's going to be a long time. We, we do a playthrough and then we get together. Yeah, we and play talk it with it. someone who's played it before and someone who hasn't, oh, yeah. and oh. we just we spend weeks together watching this person who's never played it play it, try and just navigate their way through this. Byzantine control system. Yeah. yeah. I just, again, really like the idea of Arthur Morgan having some of Satine's lines. Just, just going to be great. You know, just... So back to the film oh. that we watched. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moulin so Rouge. trying to remember any of her lines. Actually, I can't remember any of her lines yeah. either. And I think that is a problem, is I do think that the dialogue... But I can't remember quite... anyone's lines. Yeah. Except, except for, except for the, the Duke going like... I see. I can't remember what he said. I just remember him talking like this. Yeah, he does do that. And yeah. I do think that's an issue with the way that this film is written: is that it does rely a lot on because we use the songs to frame mm. what this what these characters are thinking, but these songs aren't original songs written for it these characters. You know, I, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. and I think that is an issue that I've realised that I'm having is that they're just sort of borrowing from culture elsewhere and taking that and going oh, this is this character's thought, but it's not intrinsically true to who they are. Mm. And I think that is probably an issue that I have where this film that is meant to be about love and truth is neither loving nor truthful. But isn't that also like how yeah, we that's... we kind of communicate really strong feelings is through music, is yeah. through pop culture. Yeah. Is like, well, it's the classic... That's how we process it's a lot true. of it. It's but, the classical, like mm. the musical formula is... You talk until the emotions are too much and you sing and then you sing until the emotions are too much and you dance. Yeah. That's how it works. But usually in, in most shows, they are presenting these things. These are original things. Mm. Like cats didn't go and take a bunch of pre-existing songs that some cats sang and made these cats sing it. They took po- poetry and they adapted it. And yes. that was a little bit, you know, that's one step removed. But generally, like Hamilton is an original work. The, you know, generally musicals and other things when they do that are original works. Yes, I'm aware the jukebox musical exists, listener, Thank before you, you throw just, anything out. And it can be done effectively and it can be done well, but generally isn't. Um, well, the ones I've seen, Carol King's Beautiful is very well done and always gets thumbs up for being pretty much like the best jukebox musical. <laughs> Moving on. I don't know that Moulin Rouge actually really uses its songs that well. It uses the... Um, I think it does. I think it uses the I Hope You Don't Mind song quite well. Beautiful. That one is very well yeah. done. I didn't like Roxanne. What? I... I yeah. yeah, I didn't really like that. Uh, I didn't I, like that bit very it's much. It's interesting how you're both wrong. <laughs> but I think I didn't like the guy singing it. I know it was meant to be kind of like intentionally not great because he's gruff and he's not really. And he might fall asleep See? at any time. But it, I don't know. It just wasn't quite. Yeah. It was. It was doing that weird thing where your brain's not accepting what you know, what's being for given me, to you. Like because when I saw this film, my one of my gaps in my knowledge is sort of like pop culture music. Mm. I was not really brought up on like a huge musical sort of smorgasbord. Mm. My parents were like, these are the four albums we like and we play them all the time. And I was like, good, this is what music is. Mm. So when I saw this movie for the first time, this was the first time I had heard all of these songs. Mm. So I was like, oh, well, this is perfect. Mm. This is... Like, mm. I had never heard Roxanne sung any other way. Yeah. So when I hear it the actual way, I'm like, no, it's not the narcoleptic Argentinian. It's wrong. And I think that's a really interesting point, though, because yeah. you're coming at the film you're, from your first viewing with having a, sort of a limited exposure to these pop culture mm. music songs, whereas 
Patrick and I being significantly older when we've watched this <laughs> film than, than a 14-year-old girl, yes. we, we are um, coming at it with like, I have associations for having heard Roxanne in other places. Yeah. And maybe that's what the issue is. It could be. Yeah. Because I've heard it so many times, this sounds natural to my ear. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like will... when you make your own playlist yeah. and then you hear a song on the radio and you think, oh, this is going to come afterwards. And then it doesn't. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But on my playlist, yeah. it does. I will say, the just because the Roxanne thing was dissonant doesn't mean that you can't use dissonance because the dissonance of Jim Broadbent singing Like a Virgin was just... Right. Was, was great. It was exactly what was needed at mm. that time because it was like, this is funny and creepy and it's sort of bouncing out and there's all these guys in waistcoats running around like it's a family <laughs> guy a sketch. Disney Disney kind of thing yeah. going on. To it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was really good. That was yeah. a great bit. Yeah. I just, yeah. It, yeah, I think it was just, it didn't, it worked for a couple of the songs, mm. but I, I think it was about as much miss as it was hit for me. Ah, as, as a first see, movie. I think they're all great. Yeah. I really love this film. Mm. I mean, yeah, and that's allowed. Like, it's, yeah. it's yeah, like, it is... I, I think it's just very interesting where perhaps... I, I don't know if Moulin Rouge is necessarily going... It, it's a really hard thing to, to phrase. If you didn't vibe with the film, that's yeah. okay. I know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't. And that's, that's allowed again as well. I... I <laughs> I do wonder if Moulin Rouge is a film that, as we go further into the future, is one that's going to be more and more left behind oh. in, in the discussions. Like, whether or not Possibly. it will continue to live as a classic. Notable, certainly. But mm. but as a classic, I, I wonder if the fact that there are other films which I mean, maybe I wouldn't have done even necessarily better. call it a classic. I don't think it is a classic. But yeah. I think it's just, it's a very intense experience. Mm. Yeah. Which, Sometimes when you want to watch a film, you want to be like, I would like to forget about every other thing that's happening right now mm. and just be like visually dazzled. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think I'm, I think the, the thing that's really holding me back from going like, yeah, I really like this. This was really funny. It's like, and it goes back to when I was saying it's kind of jerky. It kind of, mm. like, and I think that was it. I think it didn't. I really see, unlike you, Steve, that bit where I go to the Moulin Rouge and everyone's like down, I'm like, oh, this looks great. Yeah. This looks really fun. And but, it's kind of that vibe of when you're drunk and you're like, how did I get here? There's a lot yeah. going on, actually. And mm. I kind of wanted it to, I don't know what the right, I don't know how to phrase it, but it's like, I wanted it to go with it a little bit mm. more. I wanted a little bit more um, time to sit with it. I kind of wanted to, them to, to really ramp it up and push yeah. up let, let, and let it. Just, just let it let it kind of flow before they were before we were suddenly cutting into the story again. Mm. Even that's not quite right. Even that's not quite right. What I want to say, I'm not quite sure what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. It like it didn't let me vibe with it. Yeah, you know, you say you didn't vibe with the movie. I think that's it. Mm. I wanted to, and it wouldn't let me because it wanted to keep moving. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm just getting to know you. Just can yeah. we just slow down a little bit? Because I really, I'm, I'm loving what, you, what you're putting down, but you're just moving way too fast but for just me. Just give me some time to pick it up. Yeah, I think that, I think that might be my big problem with mm. it yeah. as a first-time viewer and as an old man as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, quick shout-out for what I do think this film does better than any other film, which is best hitman in film history. Oh, or <laughs> Werner. Hitman. That was very good. Werner's yeah. whole sequence of dropping the gun and joining in the dance <laughs> and playing the tambourine, and Richard Rock was like, get it. Yeah. It's it's just proof that there's a little bit of a musical theatre nerd in everyone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone he, just wants to be involved. He was my absolute favourite. And I would watch this film again just to watch those scenes. Like, that's... I, I loved him. <laughs> I just... They nailed that. 
And I yeah. think this film does nail a lot of the, the, the small details really well. Mm. The, the joke with the bold piano player then being joined by like three <laughs> other bold piano yeah. players and then, and then six. This, yeah. You're like, there's, there's lots Which of... Which is lo- never touched on again. You yeah. never see them again. Yeah, there's some lovely little moments like that. And um, Kylie Minogue turns up in this film as a green fairy. She and does. I completely forgot about that and until then, I then just Ozzy looked at And then Ozzy Osbourne does the scream at the end. He does. It's yes. coming up in the I trivia. Like, see, I like that bit. I like Kylie Minogue bit. Yeah. That was good. It just was. for me... Personally, because, that's all I'm going to say. Because the dress was rather small. <laughs> well, is this Kylie Minogue was a, a, a very, um, you know, influential, mm-hmm. I guess, person. How old were you 20 years ago, Patrick? I would have been 13. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. That's all we'll say about that. Yeah. Yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just wanted to do the locomotion. That's okay. That's oh, good. Um, the film ends with Satine dying. Yes. Oh, no. Who would have seen that coming? Oh, except I mean, for... he does say it at the beginning. Again, Which, can we I did... say you missed? Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's just, okay, that. I'm going to get this out now. <laughs> we did have to stop the movie quite early on stuff. because I had to be caught up on what was happening. Yeah. I, and that's what I mean. Yeah. It wouldn't let me catch up. Yeah. <laughs> I think as someone who'd seen it so many times, I was like, what do you mean? It makes perfect sense yeah. what's happening. Yeah. yeah, and we did have to pause. Yeah. And, Anna, Anna did have to catch me up and yeah. explain what was happening. Yeah, and then and then and then I was fine. Yeah, and to be honest, I felt like I needed that as well, <laughs> even though it was maybe not quite as lost. There was a couple of things that Anna said, and I went, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I now know this. Yeah, brilliant." Um, but yeah, Satine, despite it being flagged at the beginning, uh, she she does die of um, consumption of a round of applause is what it felt like like it's she, of consumption. <laughs> yeah, she died of validation, oh, stop it. <laughs> and which is. Absolutely fine to have in these like completely non uh, subtle meta- metaphor yeah. film. I was really worried that she was gonna. <laughs> that's not, that's not, I was die? gonna say die of getting shot. I'm like, that's not how you say that. But anyway, like, <laughs> oh no, I, I, I was, and I was like, oh, yeah. but she, I, oh, but she doesn't even get to die of her disease. Yeah, as weird gets, as that sounds, she just gets shot. She's gonna get shot. She gets like a oh, shitty lame. death, not the one that she deserves. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I thought yeah. it was gonna be one of those really shitty things as well, where it's like he's aiming for Christian, yeah, and, and then, then she jumps, she jumps in, or like the gun gets knocked, and oh, it actually hits her. And I'm really glad didn't. And I'm also I love that the gun with those corsets she was wearing. Great. With those corsets she was wearing, she'd have been fine. Be fine. There's a lot of steel in those, babe. There's a lot of steel in them. It's almost like you were worried that she was going to get the bad Red Dead Redemption 2 death where oh. Mike, where Micah stabs him or shoots him in the head, where shoots instead of the head. good death, where he gets to watch the sunrise. There's only one canonical ending to Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm. And then just say, like, and that is high honour, go with John. Yeah. That is the no, one. That's correct. He's the one and only canonical ending yeah. to Red Dead Redemption It is absolutely so. correct. Yeah. And I'm really glad that we didn't get the other non-canonical one where <laughs> the hitman just shoots her. Just and shoots then you in the head. We see yeah. a wolf in when the, oh. there's that song that's happening. Yeah. Darkness. And plus, I'm really glad we didn't get an additional like six hours at the end of this film where we're bloody John Marston. Which was a great sequence, but yeah. this was long enough. Red Dead was long enough. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah. Let's move this, on. This, this Anna... little sidebar is I'll, long I'll enough. I'll tag back in now. <laughs> okay. Welcome back, Anna. Oh, thank you. Um, would you like some trivia about Moulin Rouge? I would love some trivia about Moulin Rouge. Okay. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So, so... I've already read it 90 times. Mm. If it's not true, don't blame me. Yeah, and Anna will know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll click there. This was not helpful on the... <laughs> they do the QI klaxon. Yes. Filming was halted for two weeks in November 1999 after Nicole Kidman fractured two ribs and injured her knee while rehearsing a dance routine for the film. Many of the scenes where she is seen only from the chest up. She's sitting in a wheelchair. She's in a wheelchair. Oh. So like the one where her and Ziedler are talking and she's like, what kind of person would the Duke like? 
and she's getting changed. She's in yeah. a wheelchair for all of those. Wow. Okay. Nice. Cool. You can't tell. It's no, you couldn't. It's, like, I, I didn't. I, what, well, I didn't know. Well, I, I, <laughs> I wasn't going. That woman looks like she's in a wheelchair. Sure. <laughs> well, I was looking out for it, having read this, and was like, yeah. no. Yeah, it's, it's done it. extremely well. Yeah, they've they've really nailed that. Um, the necklace worn by Nicole Kidman. It's real. Was, Sorry. No, no, this, this is great. Oh, like, this is good. Yeah, 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 two for two. It was. Let's see, let's see if Anna can guess which oh, one's no. coming next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know that well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, the necklace was real. It's Harry made, Winston, isn't it? Made of real diamonds and platinum uh, and was the most expensive piece of jewellery ever made specifically for a film. Wow. The Stefano Cantori no, necklace. I was wrong was made with 1,308 diamonds, weighing a total of 134 carats, and an estimated worth of US dollars, 1 million. Which is not how you say that, but I've been in France too long. <laughs> All my verbs and nouns are the wrong way around. Are the round way wrong. Various tricks were used to make John Leguizamo's legs appear shorter when he played uh, Henry. Henry? Henri? Henri. Henri. Right, okay. When he played... Henri. Some shots are of his stand-in, who was the correct height, while in others he walked on his knees with special leg braces and wearing blue socks so that his lower legs could be digitally removed. Leguizamo did the entire climactic scene from a squatting position to give him greater mobility in the role. Consequently, he had to endure several weeks of physical therapy afterwards. Mm. Yeah, because you can kind of tell in the sitar costume the outer bits with what are clearly his knees occasionally mm. poke out. And it's like, well, if you were that short, your knees wouldn't be there. They'd be in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We haven't discussed John Leguizamo basically at all in this, this He's review. He's in the film. He's very good. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, I, really. I, I, yeah, the, the little, the, the troupe of actors and artists that he, that he's mates with, yeah. like they're great, but they kind of, they're just there. They're just sort of there. Yeah. 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 But they all feel fleshed out. You know? Well, yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they add a lot of, they, have, they, they add a lot to the, mm. to the film itself. Mm. You know, again, part of that visual storytelling, but I'm just yeah. very sad that David Wenham left after like the first. I know that was a bit disappointing. Ah, I quite liked Audrey as a character. I thought there was um, there more more of that. But. Yeah. Originally, the Green Fairy was going to be a long-haired muscle man with a giant sitar, and Ozzy Osbourne was going to provide all the yeah, vocals. No, they made the right choice. Yeah. I'm just saying. Really it was did. eventually changed to the current Tinkerbell incarnation, played by Kylie Minogue. But yeah. as Anna said, Osbourne still gives voice to the fairy's guttural scream when it turns evil. Mm-hmm. No, they made the right choice for no particular reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was launched in Australia to an audience of just 250 people. Isn't it in his hometown or something? Yes, in a small country town. God, I'm good. Called Tari, <laughs> uh, 200 miles north of Sydney. Baz Luhrmann grew up just outside of Tari, where his family owned a gas service station. The 250 tickets were sold at the local pharmacy. Oh, I love that. That's cool. There's also a nice dedication to his father who passed away when they started making right, this Right, I was film. wondering yeah. who that yeah. was in oh, relation yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Leonard Luhrmann. Which, when you kind of think about it, you know, they talk about the love story that then lives forever. And it's mm. like, well, he's made it to his dad. And yeah. it will live, like his love for his dad mm. is always yeah. tied up with it. Yeah. Which is just a nice little. It is It is a nice little thing. touch, yeah. Uh, Baz Luhrmann hired Marilyn Manson to sing Smells Like Teen Spirit, which made Courtney Love, who's going to appear a couple of times in this trivia, uh, very angry because she and Manson had a long-standing feud. She evoked the performer approval clause in her contract, forcing production to find an unknown band to re-record the song six days before the film opened. Oh. Well, look, I think we can all say now, yeah, in 2021, sucks. it's good. She made good. the right choice. He didn't include... <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah, absolutely, like, from a 2021 perspective. Yeah. But yeah. from a 2001 perspective... No, of course, of course. Excuse me, the lead singer of Hole has just been on the phone, Baz. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, we're, like, six days out. I'm just... 
I'm just going down to the pharmacy to get the tickets. What? <laughs> oh, we can't use we can't use that song. What shit? <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, it just just seems like a like a bit of a dick move, but you know what? It was her right hey, to do. If you it. hate someone, you hate someone. Yeah, that's that's true. Catherine Zeta Jones and Heath Ledger were considered to play the roles of Satine oh, and Christian. Oh, Heath Ledger would have been great. Mm. Oh. He would have actually. He would have been yeah. really. He good. He would have been really good. Yeah. I don't know if he could if he could sing at all, but oh, you've seen I ten things I hate about you. <laughs> you've seen ten things I hate about you. Oh, true. <laughs> he does his little song there. Yeah. He would have been great. He yeah, would have been great. Been really yeah. good. Catherine Zeta-Jones, I'm not so She's sure. She's not right for that. I think Nicole Kidman is actually perfect I, for this she part. Is, I agree. Yeah. And in fact, I don't Even think... visually, she is so yeah. tall and yeah. statuesque mm. and she's just... I rate Nicole Kidman as an actor. I know she's a lot of people good. put her down, but mm. I think she's really good. She's, I think people mm. just often don't know what to do with her. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah, good. I agree, and yeah. I agree that this film, I think, is this role of Satine is really good. I just love her... In the scene where there's the confusion between her and Christian, as to she thinks <laughs> yeah. he's the Duke, and he's trying to read poetry, and, and she's she just, thinks that's what gets him off. Yeah, she's yeah. just like yeah. playing along, doing all the the sort of like sexy rolling around, and it's very very funny. Yeah, and um, she doesn't get to be funny a lot. Yeah, no, yeah. So so well well done, Nicole Kidman, yeah. on a great job. Um, <laughs> We'll tell there, her. There you go, Nicole. <laughs> Again. Stephen says you did good. Yeah. You, Look, get a, you get three thumbs up from here, from all of us here at the Cinema Catch-Up <laughs> I'm trying to find nice things to say about this film. Oh, <laughs> and one gosh. of them is, is Nicole. So well She's done. She's really good. Um, Heath Ledger lost the lead role when he was determined to be too young to be a romantic interest for Nicole Kidman oh. because he was in his early 20s and she would have been 34 when this came out 30 early 30s when they shot it damn oh. yeah she looked fantastic um he was so angry like, oh sorry never mind okay he was so angry at baz lerman that he later refused to work with him on the film australia good choice mm. good I mean, choice kind of good choice for everyone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and didn't mind australia but i don't know where i guess he would have played hugh jackman's role maybe probably i really hope he wasn't going to play david gopalil's role <laughs> oh. uh, no, no. I, I wonder how badly Hugh Jackman wanted to be in this movie because Hugh oh, Jackman just wants to be a singing and dancing yeah, boy. That's he really all he does. wants. Yeah, no, you've got to be I Wolverine. Mean, I, I want to be Wolverine, but like, I want to do the singing and the dancing. And I think we should let him. I feel like if he didn't want to be Wolverine, he wouldn't have done it six hundred times. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but being no, but Wolverine like, comes with that Wolverine money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I'd be Wolverine for that money. Uh, Hugh Jackman was indeed one of the other Christians hey. considered. Uh, I'm going to for a couple of other actors for the roles of Chris, for Christian. So do you, what do we think? How do we think he would have gone? Because he would have been fairly young. I don't know if he could have done the shitty f- boy parts. Sorry, I don't think I'm allowed to swear that much. No, no, you, you can. Oh well, I don't think he would have done those parts yeah. quite as well. Hmm. He's too earnest, isn't yeah, he? He's yeah, he's. You almost want to pinch his cheek. Like, oh, sweetie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was considered. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not bad, not bad. And Ronan Keating. What? Ooh. Yeah. No. Awful. Yeah, no. Nah. Nah, just if, wrong, just okay. wrong for it. He could have sung Love in Each Day as if it's the last and it would have been like canon, I guess. No, wrong for the part. Okay, okay. Not Ronan Keating. Not Ronan Keating. Uh, other actors that were considered for the role of Satine included Kate Winslet. Mm. No, that's a no. no. I'm, I'm getting no vibes. Hilary Swank. <laughs> no. Uh, Renee Zellweger. Her. For some, you know, I was like, I bet Renee Zellweger is going to be on this list. Yeah. But she was so good in Chicago. So well, that's she, just she, it. Her yeah, and, she she her got and, her time. Her and Catherine Zeta-Jones were like, well, yeah. we don't get Moulin Rouge. We'll Let's just Chicago. win an Oscar for Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which they deserve. That's an excellent film. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Oh. I mean, I can kind of see it. I can see that, yeah. Hmm. 
and Sophie Ellis Baxter. She's a very good singer, but she's too small. Mm. This could have been Ronan Keating and Sophie Ellis Baxter. Just saying, this could have been that. this could have been worse. Do you reckon we would be sitting here twenty years later if that had, if that panned out? That <laughs> somehow no, the whole world would have been different. <laughs> yeah, somehow I doubt it. Um, not not to say that they're terrible, but they're 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 singers. No, I they're, think they're she's she's perfect in this part, honestly. Yeah, I I, yeah. I think Nicole. She Kidman, is the sparkling diamond. Like yeah. that's just it. Yeah, Nicole Kidman is absolutely the right choice, and Ewan McGregor is close enough. <laughs> Courtney Love is back and has oh, got a record. Oh, we missed her. The reason Finally, she's back though. is because she was also considered for the role of Satine. Oh. But lost the role to Nicole Kidman and called it one of the biggest disappointments of her career and made no secret of her resentment against Kidman. Director Baz So that's Le- probably why she pulled the song. Possibly, she yeah. She didn't get in the film. She was pissed. Yeah. Baz Luhrmann characterised the difference between the two actresses in oh, a Vanity Fair article saying Courtney is fire and Nicole is ice. This prompted Love to remark... Set him on fire. <laughs> uh, slightly burn less his, extreme. Burn his car. <laughs> I'll show you fire. <laughs> um, Courtney Love responded to this uh, with a remark saying that Nicole Kippen was, quote, a puddle, end quote, and dedicated the song Miss World, a song about a self-loathing beauty queen, to Kidman on her 1999 tour with the band Hole. Yeah, which I imagine Nicole, Kidman's Nicole fault. Kidman did not pay any attention to that yeah, whatsoever. Good for her. Yeah. Also, just the the idea of Courtney Love being in this film, no. where Love is mentioned so much already, she could have too looked, much. She could have yeah. played like Nene Legs in the Air. She could have done that character, one yeah. of the other chorus girls. Nah, but she wanted to be Satine. Well, she wanted to be the diamond. Sorry, she's not going yeah. to be. Satine. I'm sorry, Courtney Love. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Courtney Love. You're not Satine. You might have been right about Marilyn Manson, but that's it. <laughs> Three thumbs down for Courtney Love. Three thumbs up for Nicole Kidman. It's unanimous. You're on the couch. <laughs> oh, dear. The oh, final bit love. of trivia is about the word love, but not to do with Courtney Love. <laughs> uh, love and its variations appeared a lot in this film. How many times do you think uh, love is mentioned? Oh, God. I mean, I don't know. The like... number that instantly popped into my brain is 157, but that feels too small. Okay, we've got 157 on yeah. the table. What do you reckon, Patrick? I reckon, well, my, for some reason, I was thinking around the 500s. Okay. Oof. Well, it's not around the 500s. Damn it. You are actually quite close. God, I'm good. What's the number? Two, you, is it 200 and something? No. Oh. It's actually less than what you said. Oh. You are off by 14. It was no. 143 times. It's still a lot yeah, for, for a two-hour film. That's like more than one a minute. Well, it's about love, isn't it? Is it though? <laughs> yes. And we did yeah, say he's not, he's not keen on the subtext. <laughs> yeah. For you, this film went for nine years. <laughs> yeah. Still dancing. I keep talking about love. <laughs> I'm so alone. Yeah. I'm confused. Why is this all happening? <laughs> Sorry. That made it sound... I don't even know. I didn't mean it in that way. Very funny. Sorry. So, with all that being said, it's time to score the film. And yes, films can be scored, Baz. You don't just have to steal songs from other people. Like, uh, How long have you been sitting on that one? Oh, uh, <laughs> Take no. that, Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> one thumb down for Baz Luhrmann. No, no, Baz, Baz made Strictly Ballroom. He's always in my good books. But um, but what what would you score the film, Patrick? We'll Ooh, start with you. It's okay. your first um, time watching it. And you, okay. like it, we, we know this is going to be a hard film to score. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But but with that caveat, jeez, okay, yeah, um, wow, all right. Well, I mean, first, the first thing I've got is I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of my metrics. So you always got to come up with a cool little like, mm. um, 
I think I think I've got, I think I'm just going to be boring and go like maybe six. No, you know what? Seven. I'm liking this movie more the more we talk about it. Mm. I'm going to give it seven uh, Kylie Minogue fairies mm. out of ten. That's I think this movie is not without its flaws, and the flaws are significant. Mm-hmm. But the more we've talked about it, and I think having a, um, like some, some big fans in the room as well yeah. has actually has helped me a little bit appreciate the movie. Mm. Um, would I, will I come back to it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. If it's on, I'll, I'll probably watch it again. But I didn't, I certainly didn't hate it. And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot to like about it. Yeah. All there right. So that's a very long winded way of saying seven. Yeah. Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue. Seven. Yeah. Oh, if only I had, anyway. <laughs> seven Kylie Minogue's. Can you a would, man dare would, to dream? You wouldn't know what to do I with wouldn't know what, I wouldn't know what to do with one of them. The best we can offer you is Danny Minogue in a mirror. Is that okay? <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Out of all of mirrors. (laughs) Um, Anna, what would you give this film out of 10? Um, I would give it... I mean, I love this film. I've always loved it. Mm. I enjoy watching it. It makes me feel emotions. It does have its problems, Mm. which I will not deny that they're there. Mm. But for just like the sheer balls-to-the-wall ridiculousness and joy that I get out of watching Mm. it, I'm going to give it... mm, Eight and a half Kylie Minogues out of Excellent. ten. All right. It's one and a half more Kylie Minogues than Patrick. Yes. Yeah, well, Diamonds are a girl's I best thought friend. you were going to go like really high. So. No, oh. I, I was... It's not a perfect film. Mm-hmm. So that would be ten. And it would have been nine, except I've thought about Christian more. And I'm like, mm, you're actually a bit of a dick. Yeah. So... But everything else is... Okay. Yeah. I guess like listeners to the podcast know that I hand out tens like jelly beans. Like, mm. <laughs> like yeah, this movie's a ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So you hated this. <laughs> Dear God, I actually had to think about it. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, for me, I've, I've, I know I've been very upfront in saying that I didn't like this film, but I, I oh, do, really, we hadn't noticed. I do feel as though that, much like Patrick, this conversation has sort of Stockholm syndrome me into. Hey, into welcome a, to the dark side. <laughs> into appreciating it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but but also it's it's not the sort of film that I'm usually a big fan of, mm. um, and that's fine uh you know there's, I, there's lots of films that i stars of films that i don't like i do have big issues with with the story and and what it's saying but i really like how it's presented uh, the, again costumes wonderful music is great because they stole it from a bunch of other really good musicians but it's yeah i i just i guess i i didn't get on board the train like that that's what it yeah, is it was i could tell yeah, i was at the station they offered me the train yeah. and I said, I'll pass, thank you, because <laughs> it's too loud and I'm a boring old man. <laughs> but, um, but, but it is a good film. So I'm going to give it six bold piano players out of ten. Oh, because, very nice. Yeah, I, I do think it's, yeah. it's well made. It's, it's undeniably well yeah, made. Yeah. And like, you know, things like the, the CG looking outdated is, is, I think, immaterial because it's not yeah, a film yeah. that's about creating that visual fidelity. No. It's about creating this storybook. Like Paris. no one believes that the yeah. gun went to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, and that was great. Yeah, and like the, the singing moon. Like yeah, like... The, 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 and there was, there was the other, there was the, I think, when, there, when everyone throws their top, top hats in yeah. the air. Yeah. And, like you, yeah, and that, you can see them from the distance. You kind of see them in the distance. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. great fun. Yeah, there's some yeah. great whimsy and it does a lot to try and to mm. win you over and it does clearly win some people over. I love whimsy. So do I, but this particular brand of whimsy? Too loud. Not for me. Too loud. <laughs> Yo, whimsy is too loud, sir. <laughs> Turn it down, please. 
So that brings us to the end of this review of Moulin Rouge. Yay. Patrick and Anna, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Stephen. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for joining us. Moulin Rouge is the 216th film we've reviewed on this podcast. Um, so if you want to find out what 217 is, <laughs> subscribe, uh, because it'll turn up <laughs> next week. <laughs> just Yeah, just... Just hit subscribe and then wait seven days and you will know. I've had to Experience try- <laughs> chronological time like the rest of us. Look, every week I have to come up with a new way to say subscribe. There's a Patreon. Because they can, can, can. Because they can, can, can. Yes. All right. Subscribe because you can, can, can. Yes, you can, 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 can. Oh, I wish people could have seen Stephen's face. I him said. physically to say. Um, there's a Facebook you can like that there's a Patreon give us money (laughs) we've done it we've killed Stephen this was the 216th episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club thank you very much for listening and until next time au revoir (laughs) au voyage another French thing You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.